We're thankful for the cool air outside, the change of the seasons, and the way that they remind us of God's power and might, but also the way that God sustains life on this earth and continually cares for us, His most precious creation. No matter who you are today, if you're here, we're glad that you're here. When Jesus exploded on the scene, when He burst onto the scene of human history, we read about this uh, in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the birth and the life and the ministry of Jesus caused quite the stir. And it seems like everybody had an opinion about Jesus and His identity, who He was, loved by some, hated by others, revered as the Son of God by some, loathed as a blasphemer by others. What did people think of Him? Who did they think that He was? We could provide a lengthy list of terms and titles And we've talked about some of those in this series. But the one I want to focus on today is this one. Many believed, and this is proven in the New Testament, in the Gospels, many believed that he was the prophet. Not just a prophet. Not just one of the prophets among the many. But the prophet. If you look in John chapter 6, verse 14. After Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people with just five loaves and two fish, he turns the contents of one little boy's lunchbox into a meal for thousands. John tells us in chapter 6, verse 14, when the people saw the sign, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. So this tells us they were expecting one to come. They were looking for the prophet, as they call him in John 6, 14. In John chapter 7, verse 40, after Jesus has been teaching, and we know from the Gospels that he was recognized as one who taught with authority. He was not like the other Jewish religious leaders. There was something different, unique, special about his teaching. And after he was involved in some teaching. John chapter 7, verse 40, when they heard his words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. The prophet. And what they meant was, he is, Jesus is the one who has come to speak for God in a perfect, in a complete, in a definitive way. We are still in this series that we're calling More About Jesus. And we're trying to get a better grasp and understanding of Jesus' identity, who exactly He was. And this is the last in what is a trilogy in the midst of this series about how, as we just sung, in Praise Him, Praise Him, Jesus is our priest. He's the great high priest, the one who mediates a relationship between us and God. He is our king, our sovereign ruler who sits on not just the throne of David, but the eternal throne at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We talked about that last week. He is priest, he is king, and this morning he is prophet. He is the prophet. Now, the roots of this expectation are found all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And I've got some of these verses up on the screen. This is our text for this morning. 
You got to go all the way back to the time of Moses. And this is before the people of Israel had made conquest of the promised land. That's what we're talking about in our Sunday school classes. Um, We're looking at the book of Joshua and how the people finally went into the land that God said was theirs in order to conquer it. This is before that. This is when Moses was still with the people, leading the people. And he is offering some final instructions before he is to depart and Joshua is to take his place. And I want you to look, this is 1,500 years, almost, before the time of Christ. And I want you to look here in Deuteronomy 18 at verse 15. Here's Moses, the Lord your God, Moses to the people, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. Moses made an appearance in our sermon on uh, the great high priest, Moses the Meteor. He makes another appearance today. Moses, a central figure in Judaism in the Hebrew Scriptures. Moses said to the people, God is going to raise up for you a prophet, one who is his mouthpiece, one who will speak for him. It's going to be like me from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. When he comes along, you better listen to him. And here's God in verse 18. God directly, God to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. I will put, this is central to the idea of a prophet, I will put my words in his mouth. Now, after Moses spoke these words. There were many great prophets through the, through the ages. People who spoke for God. People upon whose, whom, whose mouths God placed His words. People like David. And you may be thinking, well, David was a king. We talked about him last week. He was the second and greatest king of Israel. But in a general sense, David ought to be recognized as a prophet because he spoke for the Lord. He spoke for the Lord in the Psalms and in many other ways as well. David, a great prophet. There was the wild and somewhat isolated Elijah. You remember him? Wild man, lived out uh, in the wilderness. We read about him in 1 Kings 17 through 18. And then there was his protege, Elisha, who was different than Elijah. He was more pastorally sensitive. There was the socially conscious Amos, who came along and said, let justice roll like the waters, let righteousness flow down like an ever-flowing stream. Amos chapter 5, verse 24. There was the wise governor Deborah that we read about in the book of Judges, chapters 4 and 5. There was the distinguished yet fearless court prophet Isaiah, the sad visionary Jeremiah, the exiled priest Ezekiel, and we could go on and on and on. So many prophets that we read about in God's Word. So many people who spoke the very words of God, and yet none of these was the one about whom Moses spoke. Moses' words about a prophet, God raising up a prophet, one who would speak for him, Moses' words remained unfulfilled. Not even John the Baptist who we read about at the beginning of the Gospels, who's connected with Elijah. 
Not even John the Baptist is the prophet. In fact, he tells the people that he's not when they're trying to figure out who he is. They say, are you Elijah? He says, no, he's one like Elijah, but he's not really Elijah. Are you the prophet, they say, in John 1.21? No. John's not the prophet. John has come to point the people to the prophet, who is none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the ultimate prophet. Only Jesus speaks for God in a perfect way because only Jesus is God. Jesus can speak for God because he is God in the flesh. And therefore, his words, unlike all the prophets who came before, are the undiluted, undistorted truth from the very mind of God. Jesus is priest and Jesus is king and he is the ultimate prophet. He speaks for God. And what God said all the way back in Deuteronomy, those words ought to ring within our minds When he comes along, you better listen. Are you listening? Not to me. I'm not trying to get your attention for this sermon. I'm asking, are you listening to the ultimate prophet? In your life, are you listening to the voice of the perfect mouthpiece for God, Jesus Christ? The prophet as people recognized him in the new testament many there are so many voices maybe more than ever before in our culture that vie for our attention voices voices noise noise everywhere we go all throughout the day trying to get us to listen to them voices of politicians Did y'all know it's election season? Did anybody know that? I mean, you can't go a commercial break without seeing two or three political ads. Vote for me. Here's why. These politicians, they want to tell us how to think, how to feel, what to believe, and most importantly, how to vote. The voices of politicians, especially Right now, in in the throes of this very contentious election season, they are loud. And the voices of the media might be just as loud. These talking heads, these pundits and commentators on the cable news channels and beyond the internet too. And so much of news today is not about reporting the facts, it's about advancing an agenda. And it seems we have fewer and fewer reporters who, who are trying to be unbiased, but instead they're trying to push a narrative, push ideas upon us. Loud voices in our culture, the voices of the media. And we haven't even gotten into talking about social media, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the voices that bombard our eyes and our minds each and every day. More voices in our culture than ever before because of how connected we are, how hyper-connected we are to people all over the the globe. There are voices that we hear of larger-than-life cultural figures, voices bigger than often their insight deserves to have. There are voices of self-help gurus, one of the most popular sections in Libraries and bookstores, the self-help section. I want to fix myself. How do I solve this problem in my life? 
And I'm going to put, I have in my notes here on the same line, self-help gurus and religious leaders. Because so much religious and even Christian messaging is more akin to the self-help world than it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So many voices out there telling us how we ought to live, trying to explain to us how we should solve our problems. And we haven't even gotten to the voices of, of those you interact with. On a regular basis, throughout the week, at your workplace, out in the community, at the beauty shop, voices of your friends who say, well, you know what I think is this. Well, you want my two cents on it. Well, let me share my opinion. This is just what I think. So many voices. Voices everywhere. And you'll find some truth from listening to some of these voices. There's some truth there. But you'll also hear some misleading information as well. And you'll even hear outright lies. Deception. But there's one voice. There is one voice who will never lie to you. There is one voice who will always shoot straight. There is one voice to trust. His name is Jesus Christ. And he is the one who speaks for God in a perfect way. He is the ultimate prophet. The author of Hebrews said, long ago and in many times past, God spoke to us and to our fathers through the prophets. But in these days, He is speaking to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And God is still speaking to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, through His Holy Word. And we've got to be able to delineate between His voice and all the other voices that vie for our attention. Because some voices will say to us, if you don't vote a certain way, you're going to lose everything you've got. But what does Jesus say? Jesus, the ultimate prophet. Jesus, the voice of truth. He says, you've already gained everything you need through me. Salvation. Forgiveness of sins. Life. Voices out there may say, if you... Don't love your spouse. If you don't feel the way towards your husband and wife that you once felt, then just split up. Just get a divorce. What does Jesus say? The ultimate prophet, the voice of truth. He says what God has joined together, let not man separate. Voices out there say, you need to buy that. You, oh, you need that. You have got to have it. And you've got to go there, and you've got to have some me time, and you've got to pamper yourself. Don't forget about you, you, you. Jesus said, deny yourself. The voice of truth. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. Voices out there may say, we are alone in the universe. The voice of truth, Jesus says, you have never been without my presence. If you are a child of mine. Voices out there say, you are more powerful than you know. You've got the strength within you. You can do it on your own. Jesus, the voice of truth, says, you are helpless without me. You are nothing without me. Voices out there may say, it doesn't matter how you live your life. Just have a good time. If you mess up a little, that's fine. You'll be okay in the long run. Jesus, the voice of truth, says, if you love me, you will be serious about keeping my commands. Voices out there may say, you are weak, you are ill-equipped to deal 
with sin in your life. So just give in to it. You might as well give up already. It's hopeless. The voice of truth. Jesus Christ says, my spirit has provided all the strength that you need. The problem is, our lives are often not conducive to hearing His voice. In order to hear His voice above the rest, we must reduce the noise around us. We've got to. We live in a frantic, hurried, harried culture. And we cannot hear His voice if we don't change the way that we live. If we don't live in a different way than our neighbors around us. We've got to slow down. We've got to be still every once in a while. We've got to stop saying yes to every opportunity, to every request that comes along. We've got to learn to say no. Sometimes we've got to clear the calendar. We've got to put down these, the biggest noisemakers in our lives. We've got to turn off the TV. And sometimes we need to just zip our lips. We need to hush. Stop talking so much. You say you respect His voice. We say we want to hear from Him. And and you may say, look where I am. I am in the Lord's house at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I want to hear the voice of truth. I want to hear from the ultimate prophet, the one who speaks for God in a perfect way. I want to hear from Jesus, my Lord. But listen, this is just one hour. And there are 167 more hours in a week. Which voices are you listening to in those 167 hours? And I hope I've got the math right. I am not a math genius. That's why I went into the preaching business. I think it's 167 hours. Whose voices are you hearing? Whose voices are dominating your life in the rest of the hours of your week? This is just one. We say that we want to hear from Him, that we respect His voice, but we are not giving him room to speak. Are you listening? Are you listening to the voice of the ultimate prophet? Because the truth is this, the voices that you listen to determine the person you become. The voices that you listen to on a regular basis, not just for one hour in the week, They determine the person that you become. Not your intentions. Not your claims that you're a person of God. Not your about page on your social media account. The voices that you are consistently listening to day in and day out. Those are the forces that determine the person you become. I once heard a story about Scott Mamaday who is an American Indian writer of the Kiowa tribe. When Scott Mamaday was a small boy, his father woke him up early one morning, said, I want you to get up, I want you to go with me. His father took him by the hand and led him sleepily to the house of an old squaw and left him there and said, I'll get you this afternoon. And all day long, the old squaw of the Kiowa tribe told stories to the boy. She sang songs to the boy. She described the rituals of the tribe to the boy. She told the history of the Kiowa tribe. And all day long, the boy listened. 
She told the boy how the tribe began out of a hollow log in the Yellowstone River, of the migration southward, the wars with other tribes, the great blizzards, the buffalo hunt, the coming of the white man, the starvation, the the diminished tribe, and finally, reservation, confinement. And that boy sat all day long, soaking it in, listening to her tell him who he was. And about dark, his father came and said, son, it's time to go. And many years later, reflecting on this experience, when he was a grown man, Scott Mamaday said, I left her house that day, a Kiowa. The voices that you are listening to are shaping your identity. The voices that you hear day in and day out are either leading you closer to Christ or farther away. They're either helping you become a Christian or they're not. Are you listening? No, really, are you listening to the ultimate prophet, to your Lord Jesus Christ, who speaks for God in a complete and perfect way? Is his the most important voice in your life? Let me tell you what he's saying to you today. He's saying, I love you. He's saying, I want to give you life, abundant life here, eternal life in the by and by. He's saying, if you are struggling with sin that remains unconfessed, unrepented of, you need to turn from that in order to experience the fullness of my presence. He's saying, if you haven't given your life to me, if you haven't confessed my name, if you haven't repented of your sins in the first place, if you haven't been baptized so that those can be washed away, you need to do that so that you can experience a relationship with my Father. He's saying if you have any spiritual need, if there's anything blocking the way between you and God, you need to come because you've got people in this house this morning who care about you, who love you, who want the best for you, who want to surround you with support and encouragement if you need to make a needed change. He's saying, come. All those who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the voice of the ultimate prophet. The voice of Jesus Christ. The one to whom we ought to be listening and listening closely. This week, push away the rest of the noise. Take some time, listen, listen, listen to that voice. That voice who calls you to come and to experience salvation and oneness with the Father, which will bless you for ages to come. Will you come today as we stand and sing? He intercedes for you. Lift up your voice. Leave him where they care and begin life on you, near at the cross.